Welcome everybody. You are listening to the Omni Channel podcast, a podcast from digital marketers to digital marketers. I'm your host Dominique Legrand and my mission is to help fellow marketers and entrepreneurs to grow their businesses online. So buckle up and let's get started. I'm so excited to be having Wei on this episode and I cannot wait for each and every one of you to listen to this episode. He has been offering super valuable information for every single one of you. We talked about how to pivot your business, we talked about how to organically generate leads and why it's an awesome way to test your offer first. We talked about the future of Facebook ads and the one big mistake a lot of Facebook advertisements make when it comes to advertising. We also talked about a very underrated email marketing and how it is going to make a huge comeback and many many more interesting insightful topics. So if you are interested, please keep on listening. Thank you so much for being here, Wayne. Lovely to have you. Grab <laughs> me, darling. Uh, so can you please tell me about how do you get started and how do you make that shift in your on your own business when you quit your job and just tell us the story tell us the listeners your story well um, a lot of people always ask me they say hey you know um, you really took a big leap when you when you got out on your own and you know how did you do it and it's one of the biggest questions that I get from you know my friends and my my old co-workers (laughs) and things like that and um, to, to put it bluntly, um, when I left my last job, it was back in 2016, hmm. I left that job with about $2,500 in the bank account, a pissed off wife and a two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some, some people, some people be like, man, you've got a lot of balls, but really to be honest, um, I, I've got a lot of experience. I've been in digital marketing in one way, shape or form since 2008. Mm-hmm. And, um, what I did is I literally, I took the experience that I had and I applied it to real world situations. And um, the last job that I actually had was working at a solar company. And what I had done is I had taken their entire marketing department and I had kind of flipped it up on its head. So mm-hmm. to, it's kind of a long story, but I'll condense it as much as I can. Um, a, a lot of companies, especially large ones, they'll, buy, they'll pay third-party lead generators for, for third-party leads. And that's what these companies were doing. And I came in and I said, Hey, what are we doing? Like we should be built. We should be, um, we, we should be generating our own leads. It's a lot cheaper. It's a lot more cost-effective. And, um, within about a year of working with them, I had doubled their sa- more than doubled their sales. Um, we, in October of 2015, they had two sales guys running the leads that were coming from these third-party companies. And they had sold 10 of the, the packages that this company sold. The next month, they had sold 27. Wow. So, so um, and, and that's just based off of the marketing that I did. Wow. Um, I was like, hey, we're onto something here. We should be selling this to other companies. So we started doing that and come to find out when, when, when I had made that shift into selling it to other, sol- other solar companies, um, they were, he was paying me or he was making more in one month than he was paying me in a year. Yeah. And so that kind of lit, lit the fire under my ass. And I said, Hey, you know, um, I should be doing this for myself. And so I literally, I just left. 
And um, because I didn't have a budget to do any marketing myself, I just had to make things happen. I networked. I went to Chamber of Commerce. I cold called. And here's the thing about it is, is that you, for the first six months of your business, you really have to, you have to be all in. You have to grind. You have to make sure that you're 100% on the ball. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people miss is that once you get a little bit of a budget or once you get a little bit of a, a, a following under you, you need to be able to turn that into leverage. And that's really the key that, that turned me from just being a freelancer into an actual agent. So by the time that I had done that six months, I, had, I was making about 10 grand a month. In, in San Diego, if you're making 10 grand a month, sure, that's fine, but you're paying your bills, but you're not doing anything else. It's expensive yeah. to live in California. Yes, true. Yeah. Um, so what I did is I took that 10 grand a month and I invested, I invested it into a program that I felt really confident in. So, oh, I know what program was that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So just find that my, my biggest advice to people is, is find, take the money that you're making once you're comfortable. And once you can pay the bills and make everybody in your family happy, take that little bit of extra cash that you have and turn it into leverage. And the leverage that I found was this program that I, that I invested in. And it taught me how to not only turn my audience into traffic and eyeballs onto my programs, but how to generate inbound leads. Um, because my wife and I, we'd stayed up all night at the point that I was making 10 grand. And I had, I had created this program that I called Operation No More Cold Calls. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You have so, to tell me more about that as well. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's still up on my whiteboard. It was more of an idea than anything else. And Facebook was a stalker and it literally took my conversation and it showed me ads that were related to my conversation somehow. Um, but what ended up happening was I had, instead of having the cold call, I built a funnel, I made inbound traffic, I paid Facebook and I paid um, Google some, some money to drive traffic to that funnel. Mm-hmm. And I created a way for me to automate that inbound traffic into appointments. Wow. Not, o- not only did that turn my business into uh, an, automated, uh, an automated process, but I literally, I didn't have to cold call anymore. To this day, I have not made a single cold call. By the way, was that really hard to handle those rejections? Because I'm not sure if people like to be cold called on the phone these days. Um, yes and no. I- the thing about it is that first that first marketing job that I had back in 2008, it uh it it was a lot of cold calling. So that's kind of my background, and so I'm used to it. Yeah. Um, cold calling is not for everybody, but to, in today's day and age, there's a lot of ways to generate organic traffic. Um, mm-hmm. For example, right now I have a VA that does organic outreach on LinkedIn and Facebook, so there's a lot of ways to do that as well. Um, that is something that I highly suggest if you're making under 20 grand a month. You don't need to be doing paid traffic. You don't, mm-hmm. not in today's day. Mm-hmm. Um, you can turn Facebook and LinkedIn into inbound sources as long as you have the time to leverage in regards to, um, you know, putting out the messaging and the, and the content. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, is that if you can pay Facebook a certain amount of budget, whatever you have, and drive that traffic to your funnel and you construct that funnel correctly, you can wake up to three to five appointments every single day without making a single cold call, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I told you it took me about six months to turn to to make to turn about a ten grand profit, right, Dummy? Yeah. Okay. I 
once I created that inbound system and I used paid traffic, yes. two months later, I was at 30K. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's what kind of leverage it takes to, to generate, to, to get into, into actual business for yourself. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, at the time we were doing solar, solar marketing and we had, done, so we had done solar marketing all the way up until the pandemic. Um, when the pandemic hit, at least in America, I don't know how it was everywhere else, but in America, solar companies weren't considered an essential industry for the first two months of the business. Of course. Okay. So that leads me into how to pivot, how to, how to pivot your business. Right. Um, now it does take a little bit of a luck. It, it does take a little bit of luck, but what they say is luck is when prior preparation meets opportunity. Yes. It's, um, the slight edge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I read that book. It's a me too. It's a I love it. I love it yeah, so much. Love it. Uh, I actually just read that book not too often ago. Um, anyways, so what ended up happening was, um, and this just happened randomly. Uh, I had a friend that I had met for lunch one day, and uh, he said, "Hey, Wayne, I really don't know what you do." And uh, he said, I know it has to do with high ticket lead generation, and I know that you can generate three to five appointments a day just by Mm -hmm. spending some money on Facebook ads. And I said, yeah. He said, okay, well, I have a friend that he's a coach. He, he sells a high ticket course and he's really not happy with where he's at with his business. And he's not happy with the marketing company that he has. Can you talk to him? So I ended up talking to him and uh, we just hit it off and you know, we ended up doing business together. This was probably a month or two before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is where prior preparation meets opportunity. Yes. So COVID hits. Solar companies aren't considered an essential industry and we lose about 60% of our business overnight. Wow. Now, at the same time, this coach, I had turned his marketing around in 60 days mm -hmm. and he still to this day, he generates about a 6.1 ROAS. Awesome. Okay? Yeah. From what he does. And so I took that prior preparation and I turned it into an opportunity and we shifted our business away from being a, a solar and roofing uh, marketing mm -hmm. company into being a high ticket coaching company. Okay. Um, and then because, because we did so well with him, we got a referral to one of his friends. We built his entire program out. And then this guy, he generates about a three or four, depending on what his offer is. We're still, mm -hmm. we, we still work with him and he's still working his programs out to this day, but he's kind of new into the coaching business. So um, again, just, just look at what you're doing, apply what you've done in the past to how you can leverage it in the future. Okay? And that is how you pivot your business. <laughs> that's exactly how you pivot your business. Um, yeah. I I've seen, I, I've seen other guys do it and they're, they make way more money than I do. Um, but the, the way that you make more money than what I do is you leverage other people's time. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the VA comes in. And that's where, um, that, that's where you have people kind of like manage the processes that you don't necessarily need to do on a high level. And um, <clears throat> that's actually one of the hardest things to do, in my opinion. Um, do you mind sharing if you're still doing paid ads to drive traffic to your own business? Or do you just solely rely on uh, direct messaging on Facebook or LinkedIn prospecting with your VA? Um, we do, we do both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
I always start with organic because the thing about organic is that the market's going to speak to you and you're not going to end up wasting a bunch of money. The, the worst thing true. you can possibly do is create an offer that you think is going to kick ass. And then the market's like, uh, no, that's not really the, the problem that we need solved. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to being able to, to, to kind of scale things out, always start with organic and always start by researching and, and talking to the people that are in the marketplace that you want to serve. And one of the biggest things that I've learned over the past year and a half since COVID started is the bigger the problem that you're solving, the more people are willing to pay for it. Okay? And everybody's always thinking about leads, 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 leads. Well, wh why, why do people want leads? To make more money. To well, have more yeah. And yeah, and they, they want to have more conversations. The way they have more conversations, they have more appointments. Getting yes. appointments is a bigger problem than, than getting leads. Yeah, obviously. Okay. And then getting sales is a bigger problem than getting appointments. Oh my God. That's and do you can I ask this question? Because obviously I am in the same industry in a way that I also work with coaches all the time. Mm -hmm. And when the pandemic hit some of the offline coaches had to migrate to the online space. And I've been working with coaches who have been successful over 20 years of coaching offline for businesses. And now they have to go online. The whole thing is just super overwhelming for them, right? And they don't know how to sell their own coaching. And even if they have the book appointments, they are unable to turn them into actual paid customers. Do you have something that you suggest people to do, like your clients as well? I'm sure it's an issue as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I've seen people do, and um, for, for me personally, my clients are actually good salespeople, which is rare. Um, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I know, it's, it's rare. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, a good, it's a good problem for me to have. Um, but uh, again, leverage other people's time. Find good salespeople. And don't pay, don't pay the salespeople on just one sale commission. Mm -hmm. okay, the way that you find really, really good salespeople is you, you pay them not just on one sale, but on like a recurring. So mm -hmm. um, what I find is that some of the best salespeople in the world, they look for, they look for jobs and, and sales opportunities that will pay them a little bit on, the, on that you know, upfront sale, but then they'll also make residual month two and month three. And then that way they can stack it and stack it and stack it. And then that way they, all they have to do is sell 10 or 15 of these high ticket programs to make six figures a month or six figures a year. Yeah. Everybody's always looking. Most salespeople are always looking for that hundred thousand dollar a year opportunity. That's mm -hmm. really what that benchmark is. Um, but go and leverage the good salespeople and the one thing that I can tell you in regards to salespeople is monitor them. <laughs> Put them on metrics. Um, I can't remember what the software is right now, but there's a software that- You can track what they do? Yeah, you can, you can track what they do. You can track like every screen that they have and it'll take like screenshots of their screen, like every- Yeah, yeah, I, I know that. I'm, I'm familiar with that one, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, because otherwise they slack off. Mm -hmm. They do take it, take it from an ex salesperson myself. Um, <laughs> if given half of an opportunity, I will get off my sales call and I'll go watch a half an hour of a TV show or 
I don't know, uh, play my guitar or whatever. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So again, number one, leverage other people's time. Number two, don't just pay them on uh, a single sale, pay them residuals as well. Um, and then number three is monitor them because monitor otherwise, them. yeah, exactly. I actually worked in sales as well. I worked for GE and I did like oh, live sciences and I had to call scientists to sell like very expensive lab equipment. <laughs> so oh, I knew yeah. my job at GE was eating ice cream and just not doing anything. <laughs> and I have a few calls here and there. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and then the other thing is too, is that have, have your, um, have your sales team be fed inbound because I will tell you as somebody that has both had the cold call and had inbounds, um, I, I always paid more attention to the inbounds. So once you build that system, that inbound system that generates you three to five appointments a day, okay. You're always going to want to be the number one salesperson before I, and you only want to hire the salesperson after you get to the point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I am overloaded. Yeah. When, when you, when you fall down at night into your pillow and you pass out and you don't wake up for eight hours and you, and then, and then you've got to drink two cups of coffee to get and like back. One eye is twitching, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then that's when you want to hire the salespeople. Um, and the thing about it too, is that you only want to hire one salesperson until you're ready to scale the ad spend that feeds that inbound system. Mm -hmm. um, so I was talking to someone who talks about as well, optimizing your business. And she was saying that the last thing that you need to delegate is your sales calls, because no one is as enthusiastic about your business as you are. But I guess now we're talking about coaches that are generating leads. They have their booked calls. And when they show up to their own calls, it's obviously they don't know how to sell themselves necessarily. So I think that also requires initial training from your end to teach them how to close a sale. Because if you hire a salesperson to represent a coach, that's already a bit of um, an issue right there. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well I, I think that you need to constantly be investing into yourself. Like me personally, I've probably invested at least. I've, I've spent more on, on teaching myself how to run my business than I ever did on any college. And I spent four years in college. <laughs> and college is expensive there, right? Exactly. For us, it's free. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, college is expensive here in America. Um, luckily I, luckily I have a, I have an advantage because I'm, I'm ex-military. I used to be in the air force and I used to, I, before I got into marketing, I used to fix F-16s. Yeah. Uh, it's, I ended up in marketing on accident, actually. Mm -hmm. It's it, that, that's a whole nother story in and of itself. Um, when, when you fix F-16s, you can go into the civilian world here in America and you can, uh, fix commercial commercial airlines like united airlines and things like that mm -hmm. you can make six figures coming straight out of the gates and so when i went to college they i said hey how do i make the most money and she said well you need to be an accountant and i was like oh <laughs> Lord, what no god <laughs> i said okay what's next and who said, said that to you as a teacher no no it was the guidance counselor um where i physically where i was they couldn't 
they couldn't license me. Mm-hmm. It was just a geographic. It, it was, it was, like I said, it, it was an accident. Yeah. Um, it was just where I was at the time. And so I said, well, if I can't fix planes, then how do I make the most money? And that's when she told me to be an accountant. And um, well, if you can't tell, I'm a, I'm a very expressive and uh, excitable individual. So accounting yes. is definitely not where I need to be. Um, and she said, well, if you don't want to be an accountant, then you should be in marketing. I was like, okay, well, then let's give that a try. <laughs> and um, so I went and I got my marketing degree. And um, when, then that's when we moved, my wife and I moved down to San Diego. And um, that was, yeah, 2008. And here in America in 2008, the, the economy was in the trash. Yeah, absolutely. It was, yeah, it was awful. It was and shit. So, yeah, it was total shit. And um, so I just took the first job that was offered to me. They hired me on the spot. And um, that was that first marketing job. And for the first 90 days of that job, I was going home to my wife saying, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm in over my head. Like, And um, I don't know, about 90 days in, it just something just clicked. And here we are 12 years later. You're still in marketing. Still in marketing. <laughs> yeah, still in marketing. I mean, it's been a journey. I, like I said, I'm I'm lucky and I'm lucky that I didn't get fired. I'm lucky that I ended up in San Diego. I'm lucky that um, I, I I took the leap into entrepreneurship, and I'm lucky that uh, that I was I had the opportunity to work for that coach that gave me that opportunity um, right before the pandemic hit. Yeah. And um, at the end of the day, uh, it, it takes it, it takes determination. It takes um, stick to It takes uh, there, there's a saying I actually have it written on my whiteboard. It says fortune is built on the back of repetition, not the back of innovation. Mm-hmm. That's so, so true. It is. So you just, you have to keep at it. You have to keep doing it and you have to do it over and over and over again. And at this point, I've spent millions of dollars, not just on Facebook, but on Google, on um, the, the, the native ads with Taboola and Outbrain. Um, obviously, Instagram is on, in, in the mix there as well. And um, it all works. You just have to do it. Um, where do you think this whole industry is leading? Because obviously you are in a space that's constantly shifting, that's constantly changing. It is really not easy to keep up with the trends, right? We have TikTok, we have Instagram Reels. Like, where do you think this whole thing is going next? And do you think Facebook has still a chance to, to be Facebook's not going anywhere. Facebook's not going anywhere. Mm. Not in a million years. Well, I mean, maybe in a million years, if you put it literally, <laughs> but, um, Look, here, here's the thing. Facebook, Facebook ads are where Google ads were about five or 10 years ago. And if you, if you look at, like, everybody's like, hey, Google's, Google ads are more expensive. Well, yeah, because Google's been around longer, okay? Facebook ads are, the, the costs are going up, okay? So what you have to be able to do as a, as a media buyer and as a marketer and as an entrepreneur is be able to find ways to keep the costs lower than the cost of acquisition and um so many people what they do is they they only target the top three percent of their market 
-hmm. Everybody's after the lead or or the conversion or the sale. And I don't care what you sell. You could be selling widgets. You could be selling spaceships. Okay. If you, if you try to go after me and tell me, Hey, buy my shiny stuff, buy my shiny stuff, buy my shiny stuff then it's going to cost, that's why, that's why they say fit, that ad costs are rising is because 90% of advertisers are only going after that 3%. What you have to realize is that there's a whole bottom, pers- there's a whole bottom percent that they don't even know that if they have a problem, they don't even know if they want what you sell, they don't even know about what you sell, they don't know you from John. And what you have to do is you have to be able to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. And so as far as trends go, um, it, it's on, it's on the backs of the educators and the, and the experts and the guys that have spent even more money on ads than I have, mm-hmm. um, to, to educate people on, on the fact that they need to raise awareness before they ever even spend money on going after conversions. And so that's, that's where I see the trends of the industry going is, is, looking at different ways to raise awareness, regardless of platform. Don't get me wrong. I love me some TikTok. I'm on it all the time, just goofing off. My wife and I were just laughing at something on TikTok the other day where (laughs) it was a guy talking about talking with his wife. I don't even remember what it was about, but literally (laughs) we laughed for a good five minutes on it. So um, you've got to be able to, and I think, I think now more than ever as well, people need humor. People need to laugh because we've all been stuck indoors and we've all, you know, we're all deficient of vitamin D at this point. We need humor. We need laughter. We need to smile. And so if you can find a way to make people smile, raise awareness for your products or your services and, and then, and then like retarget those people, then go after them with the buy my shiny stuff thing, then you're going to win. Yeah. I think you're right in the sense that, and I think we have this training in as well in our in our master class um, that talks about the bottom funnel, the middle funnel, top funnel, and how to kind of dissect your messaging of if you are targeting a cold audience, don't try to sell them the product right away because chances are they're not going to buy from you because they don't even know who you are, right? I think exactly. that's, the, that's the mistake that you're making. They don't know that. That's, that's what 90% of advertisers do today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to be able to, to, (laughs) to be able to test. (laughs) I hate that saying because it's so cliche. Everybody says, oh, well, you need to test. Yes, that's true. But stop telling everybody that that's what they need to do. (laughs) (laughs) No, you do. And I love when you said that you try organically before you hit the paid ads, right? Because that's really a way for you to test out if an idea works or not. Yeah, it, it's something that I learned from one of my mentors. It's, it's what he calls the research method. Yeah, I did the same thing actually. Uh, but before we get into that, um, do you have something that you truly fucked up and when it comes to your marketing work? Oh. Tell me <laughs> one fuck up, <laughs> the biggest fuck up. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> So, um, yeah. All right. Um, so this, this is actually, uh, it, it was a, it was a one-off client that I had a while back. Uh, I was working with an econ client. It was a one product store that was designed. It was designed to, to help people, um, 
without giving away too much, because I have an NDA with the client, um, uh, without giving away too much, uh, it, it, it was designed to help with your athletic abilities. And um, one of the biggest things that I that I let go was I let a, I let a uh, I, I let a campaign go too long because I believed that it would convert more frequently than it did. So what I mean by that is um, if you're dealing with large budgets, we're talking like you know ten grand a day type of budgets, oh, wow. or, or more. Um, you can't let these campaigns go on too long. And everybody's like, well, you need to give it time. I said, okay, well, I'll give it, I'll give it a few days. And it converted, it converted like a couple conversions in those few days. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I let it go a few more days and it didn't convert. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let it go a few more days thinking that it would, it would have those conversions and it yeah. didn't. And <laughs> uh, needless to say, there was, a, there was, a, a few grand that, that didn't necessarily need to be spent that should have been spent. So what I'm saying to you guys, if, if you're listening to this and, and you're a media buyer, make decisions and make them quickly and make them decisively, especially if you're dealing with large budgets. It was a very hard lesson that I had to learn. And thankfully this was a few years ago and, and I, I don't need, I don't need to learn it anymore, but at the end of the day, um, like there, there's a lot of gurus out there that'll tell you, hey, when you start a campaign, you need to let it run for at least seven days. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is everyone says that. No, fuck no. I if it's me or, or, or my VA, I tell my VA if it's not converting within 48 to 72 hours, kill it. Do you think that depends on the budget, though? Because if you're burning 10K a day and it doesn't convert, obviously would not let it run for a week. No, I, I have a client right now that only has a $1,500 a month budget and we're spending about $35 a day on one of his, on one of his mm -hmm. campaigns. And um, it's, it's true on small budgets as well. If it doesn't convert on, on whatever, you're, whatever you're optimizing that campaign for, if you're not converting or getting sales or getting, video or getting views on, on whatever you're trying to do and you're not getting that within 48 to 72 hours, kill it. <laughs> okay well that's good advice because yeah i think we all been taught you let it run the system has to learn you know the learning period has to you know be over and then after that and if it's still not working and that's the mistake people make though is that the learning the learning the learning curve and the learning stage isn't dependent upon the amount of time it's dependent upon the amount of conversions and so uh if the amount of conversions aren't meeting the, the KPIs that you and your client have set forth, then you kill it. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is what I've learned. Wow. Yeah. That's for me, that's news as well, because yeah, I've been taught, okay, you need to keep it running. It's, you know, Facebook, it's a marathon. It's not a race. You have to give it time. <laughs> I mean, I I've done it. I, I, I have tested this even in today with today. I have run low budget campaigns that I've let them run for seven days and I've let the same campaign run for three days. It happens a hundred percent of the time. Okay. Well, that's good advice. Uh, do yeah. you have something else that you see that is a huge mistake or misconception that, that you kind of learned by your own practice as well? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it like it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Just people going after the kill right away is the, is mm-hmm. one of the biggest mistakes. Like uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the campaigns that we run today are based off of video views, and mm-hmm. the, the part of the reason that we do this is because of the the iOS fourteen update. Yeah. Um. Everybody's worried about tracking and building audiences and all this, and you know, yada yada yada. Whereas, if I put out a set of videos that are let's say 10 minutes long or five minutes long and I have people watch 95% of that video, I know that they're interested in my product or my service. Of course. Okay. Here's the key. I'm not taking them off of Facebook. So I don't have to worry about my pixel or my conversion API. Yeah. And then I can, I can build that audience. And as we all know, or anybody that spent more than hundred dollars on Facebook ads, you can build an audience based off of people that have watched 95. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You can, you can build that audience. So if I, if I spend, let's say $5 a day on a series of 10 videos and I see that people watch 95% or more of one video, mm-hmm. I know that they're interested in the topic that's on that video and the problem that that video is addressing. So I know to build more of that content. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then at the same time, I can also drive those people to my sales page. And those people are going to convert more consistently. They're going to convert more frequently and they're going to convert cheaper for, for, for less money. Yes, of course, because they already know the product. They're already familiar with the service. Exactly. And especially in today's day and age, people need to trust. Yeah. People, people, have, people have trust issues because they've been burned. Everybody has a story about how they've been burned by a product or service. Everybody. Yeah. And not only that, everybody's trying to sell you their service all the time. It's like people are getting desensitized at this point. Exactly. And so like um, one of the biggest things that I teach people is educate people, build authority, and then do, do all of that on Facebook or Instagram. You don't have to worry about tracking and the the ios update and apple versus android and all that complication that's you know the the when when that whole thing happened with apple everybody lost their mind yeah and it's because they're making that mistake of just driving the traffic off of you know build the audience first. build the audience first now i'm not saying that it's going to solve all of your tracking issue problems it's it's because it's not but what you do know by, by keeping those people on the platforms and building that authority and building that content and building that trust is that you have an audience that is interested, captivated, and will, will, will trust that product or service. Yeah, that's a really good advice. I think everybody is trying to get people into funnels and drive them off of Facebook and hoping for the best, right? Because once you are in the funnel, you kind of have to drop your email, right? And you, in order to look at the content. But if you are directly putting a video in front of someone and they watch the whole thing, then chances are that person is interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really cool, cool idea. Um, oh, and then that's, that's one more thing. Now that you say emails, nobody's, hardly anybody I know is email marketing. Yeah. I think I'm so <laughs> done with that. I, I used to care more, but I'm like, at this point, I'm like, it's, it's a, it, it's a big mistake. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Here's, here's why. 
Number one, if you have the email list, then um, you have their data. Of course. And, and those, those who own the data to, in today's day and age are going to win because owning that data is going to allow you to make smarter decisions. Um, and I actually, my, myself, even started cold email marketing. Mm-hmm. In the past three days, I have sent, well, I haven't sent, my VA has sent about a thousand emails. Hasn't cost me a dime and I've generated five appointments for it. And then, and then again, going back into being able to own the data, you can upload that data as we know into Facebook, create audiences. And of course, yeah, people. retarget them. Yeah, retarget them. So email marketing is something that I think is going to, and this is another trend as well. I think email marketing is going to make a big comeback. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was sold like a, a grand, like a course just by email marketing. They sold me a course, I think back in, 2016 and that was like <laughs> wow like that sequence that they built with the email marketing was like holy shit I'm buying this I don't know what is it but I'm buying it and and it doesn't and it doesn't cost you a dime to do yeah that's very so interesting just just there's so many benefits to it and that you don't that even I didn't even think about until recently mm-hmm. is that it doesn't cost you a dime because if you if you add that into your into your marketing into your paid ads into your all that other stuff that you do just by being able to generate appointments and sales from that you're automatically lowering your cost per acquisition yeah of course so what would you suggest for someone so who's just starting out sorry so for somebody that's starting out um i again i would go back into the organic uh, I get a lot of value out of LinkedIn personally, but it's not for everybody. It's dependent upon your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would start by by doing by doing something on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, depending on what your audience is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would then start to build a list. I would do some email marketing based off of that list, and I would start putting out content every day. Mm-hmm. I got some really, really good advice from somebody that I really respect in the industry not too long ago. And um, it's about building out a content calendar. And so like for, I'm just going to read, I'm just going to read this off. So like on Monday, he does a transformation post, like selling the transformation Mm -hmm. that his product um, provides on Tuesdays and Thursdays, he does free trainings on how his service works. On Wednesday, he does challenge. He does he does a, a post that's uh, challenging the limiting beliefs that prevent people from doing the posts or do, you know investing into his services. On Fridays, he'll do its testimonial, and then on Saturdays, he'll do like some sort of giveaway, like comment if you wanna if you want like some my- kind of call to action, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So if I'm gonna if I if I had to start all over and I didn't have everything that I've built already. Mm-hmm. I would start by uh, either doing Facebook or Instagram, Facebook or Instagram or, or LinkedIn, depending on what my product or service is. Mm-hmm. I would put out content and then I would um, and then I would build my email list. Mm-hmm. That's where I would start. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Okay, that way you don't have to cold call the way that I did back in 2016. Um, by the way, do you have a way to get your email list like, or you just organically build yourself? 
or do you have do you get your email list from somewhere or just you just go to LinkedIn and scrape emails I think there is a extension that you can scrape yeah there's a ton of ways to to generate emails um there's d7 lead finder that you can uh yeah I heard of that yeah yeah it'll it'll just build with d7 lead finder what it does is it just gives you like a csv and a bunch of data and then you've got to do you've got to use this tool called um shoot what's it i think it's uh clean out yeah clean out is like an app that you have um and then that'll translate all the data into actual like readable stuff mm-hmm. put that into your crm system whether it be go high level or close.io or pipe drive or whatever there's a million crm systems yes, there's no there's there's no wrong answer when it comes to that um there's d7 lead finder there's lead leaper which uh which you use when it comes to linkedin it'll scrape leads for it'll scrape emails from linkedin mm-hmm. um there is a there's a, a google chrome extension called link match that you can actually take your entire anybody that you uh that you are connected to on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you can automatically put them into your uh, your, your database just by clicking one button. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a ton of different ways. Okay. And if you're if you're like super engaged with your audience and you do like a lot of Facebook um, connections and things like that, just message people and and be really personable. Mm-hmm. You know, use your person. The, the thing that's that's a lost art in today's marketplace is actually talking to people. Hmm. So many people don't want to talk to people. They just want to automate the process and, you know, again, go back into sh- buy my shiny stuff. And uh, it's just, it's while, while there is, while there's room for automations and there's a definitely a place for it. Um, it's so interesting because what I did back in the days that I, I had to think about 10 coaches getting in a call with me just because I reached out to them via, you know, message. I did a post in a group and just asking for coaches and what industry they are in. And I immediately get a hundred answers and I just reached out to every single one of them and 10 out of 10 said yes. And the rest of them haven't seen their emails, right? Or the message I sent them and Mm -hmm. getting into a call right away it's so interesting. And my first approach was to just understand their why, why did they get into coaching and if they have any issues with generating leads and how they're doing and, and just understanding their frustration. And then after that, using those frustration and pitching that to a client who said, oh my God, that's my problem. I need your help. So that was just organic and it worked really, really well. It's amazing, huh, Dami? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It does yeah. really well. It uh, it's it's just, like I said, it's it's a lost art. Um, so many people don't want to pick up the phone, and so many people don't want to have a conversation. And if you do that, um, you'll be surprised at the response you get. Especially, I think, on Facebook because that's already a personalized connection. Like whenever you send someone a message and they accept to respond to your message, you can call them. You can call them on Facebook. Like you have the ability to call them, ring them up right away. And I had people I'm talking via Facebook calls as well. Um, Yeah, exactly. I've even, what I, I've even gone so far as to like when somebody, when I, when I find like my perfect person, sometimes there, it happens to me every now and again, where I, I come across this person. I'm like, oh my God, I want to work with this person. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
a, a very, very effective method of gaining somebody's attention is to spend two or three minutes, go through their website, go through their social media, you know, even at a very, very surface level and say, hey, I, I, uh, I, I was looking at this X, Y, and Z, and I noticed um, that you are doing this, this, and this really, really well, but I have clients that are also doing this, and I noticed you're not doing that. So I thought I'd reach out, send you a message, and um, just find out if you'd be willing to you know, sit down and have a 10-minute conversation with me. Record a video of that. Wow. And just send that into an, into an organic message. That's a Loom video, right? How cool. Yeah, a Loom video. Yeah, you can do a Loom video and then send it, send it via uh, Facebook Messenger or um, you know, the, the Messenger on LinkedIn. That, it, it, it takes time. And that's, that's, the, that's the key. That's what gets people's attention. Instead, they're like, hey, wait a minute. You took the time out of your day to pay attention to what I'm doing. To gather intel on what you're doing. <laughs> it, makes, it makes people feel heard. It makes people feel wanted. It makes people feel understood. And especially in today's day and age, that's, uh, that's really all people want. Hmm. So I think the moral of the story is to get really personal with people. There's a fine line. There's a fine line mm-hmm. between personalization and automation. Mm-hmm. And what's the fine line? What do you think is the fine line? It, it, it's on a sliding scale, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, as you grow in, in revenue and size of your company and you know managing your business and things like that, you're going to have less time. So you need to rely more on automations. But if you're small and you're just starting out, take the time to care. Just wanted to say thank you for being here. And thank you for the awesome advices that you give us but for the listeners as well. Yeah, thank you, Dummy. I appreciate it. And if anybody needs help, you can always reach me at Wayne at MayhemDigitalMedia.com. Um, or you can always find me on Facebook. I'm, I'm there all the time and uh, LinkedIn. And I, I'm literally everywhere. I'm not hard to find. So <laughs> yeah, well, uh, make sure to link your contact details and your website as well for anyone who wants to work with you. I, mean, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me very, very much. It's, uh, it was a pleasure. And um, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a blessing to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne. Take care. All right, you too. Bye-bye.